Hello, welcome to the Life Done Differently podcast with me, Neil Whitten, and my co-host Ray Richards. Join us on our journey to find out what separates the doers from the thinkers. Mills founded Us Two With Sinks, his mate from school. Us Two is the company name and it's become a digital product studio, a games company and an investment business. They have always worked with the biggest brands in the world. In part, Neil and I enjoyed this because Mills is from a world we understand pretty well. It's a world that's exploded in the last 25 years or so, a world where creativity meets technology, a world where innovation is valued, where work and play and an excess of both is baked into most successful startups because it's full of young people. And then there comes a point a few years later where the founders of these successful businesses have to make a decision. They have to move from the playful, hardworking, youthful chaos of the startup to the order discipline and structure required to keep keep this beast of an organization stable. The last thing anyone wants is for people to lose their jobs because the company isn't being run properly. This process is the process of organizational change, but unlike organizational change in large companies where change is swapping one flavor of order for another, this is swapping chaos for order. This is a massive challenge because many of the people that have made it successful are the creatives, the right brain thinkers who are not huge fans of left brain thinking. These ways of thinking or lenses through through which we look at things are ostensibly the same, left brain logical and right brain creative, chaos and order, certainty and uncertainty, rational and emotional, the list goes on. These ways of thinking are as old old as stories themselves. Jordan Peterson has been a big part of the reason that the idea of uh, chaos and order has come to the fore most recently. And whilst I think these terms are actually quite appropriate for Mills' story, I'm unconvinced they're the best language to use when thinking about moving towards a life done differently because order sounds positive and chaos does not. We prefer to use the lens of the known and the unknown, where chaos is at the unacceptable end of the unknown and a rut is at the unacceptable end of the known. It will become fairly obvious fairly early on in this conversation that Mills has a preference. He thrives in the unknown and can cope in what most people would call chaos. Um, but I get the impression that Sinks is the yang to Mills's yin, or he certainly had to find a way to play that role, which is ultimately um, how the guys have made it through to the point where they have grown up companies that operate without the day-to-day involvement of Mills, who, like many of us, has come out the other side wondering what his purpose is. Mills calls it three years of introspection, trying to find happy again, working hard to let go of his ego. His investor deck is a brilliant example of how Mills does things his own way. He cares what people think, but being his truer self is much more important. His journey seems to be a good old-fashioned quest to find himself. His personality, he says, is one of never being satisfied with what I've achieved. Finding himself seems to be the ultimate challenge. And given Mills's uh, ability to get comfortable with the uncomfortable, I'm sure he'll get there at least in part, which is as much as any of us can expect. Mills 
went more extreme with us too because he thought that would make him happy. He told himself the story that his devotion to building a successful company was for his family, but his wife isn't so sure, and as of now, nor is he. I don't think you'll listen to somebody who is more honest and open with their thinking and where they're at with their life. In in terms of moving towards a life done differently, Neil and I believe very strongly that this openness with oneself and others is step one. Being bold and brave is step two. And with this, you have a really good chance of becoming or finding yourself. Enjoy. Mills, finding myself. Yo. Yo. Hello, Mills. Hello, dudes. How was the shower? <laughs> Mate, well, it was actually warm. I try, I attempt to, uh, I, I attempt in my mind to do cold showers, but I never actually do them. Thank God. Too cold. Oh, like Wim Hof style. Well, yeah. You know, like, you know, when you're trying to sort of, yeah, exactly that. I kind of feel like everything I have to do, it has to be sort of in some way compounding the possibility that I'll, uh, I feel really good all the time, but the, sh- the cold shower, I can't do it. Plus, um, my shower doesn't actually go cold, so it doesn't actually matter. My, <laughs> wi- my wife got into that for a while. It's fucking annoying because you get in there and you turn the shower on and it's fucking cold. And I don't, I don't want a cold shower. <laughs> that- I mean, I, I do love it. I mean, I love nothing more than getting out of like the sea, for sure. You know, feeling like absolutely frozen and then you feel exhilaration. But yeah, there's something about the shower. You just, I just need to be in a hot shower. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm told, I'm told reliably that you can quite easily turn a chest freezer into a plunge pool (laughs) now to me it sounds a little bit dangerous because there's electricity and water being combined there but apparently it's quite quite a simple process well i'll have to look it up i don't actually have a chest freezer i have a tiny freezer maybe i can put my foot in it (laughs) absolutely jokers yeah sorry dudes for that for this morning i think i was just i was in another world and i thought I said, oh, they haven't emailed me, so they probably maybe I made the whole thing up in my head and never even was a real thing. <laughs> I said, I said to Ray Mills that I almost, I almost emailed you last night just to say, are you still good for tomorrow given the the lockdown? Because you have got kids, haven't you? Yeah, I have got two kids. Yeah, and yeah, then, so, but but Christ. I didn't because then I because I thought it would give you an easy way out. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. Know, but you know what? I'm I'm really really bad at, um, at booking things ahead of time because I kind of like I wake up in the morning of every day. I think I don't know what mood I'm going to be in and what I can be bothered to do. So uh, no, no, I I wasn't going to pull out. I was if you had pulled out, I would have pulled out. But. Uh, <laughs> Would have been a shit podcast if it had just. It would have been. It would have been. Well, you say that, and yes, in fact, that's true. It might. It might be better actually. Yeah, you haven't listened to Mill's podcast, Ray. No, that's true. I haven't. No. I mean, yeah, I I used to this podcast for like literally. I did it for four hundred and twenty days in a row of talking just total shit to myself about an hour a day, and uh, annoyingly, I kind of just eventually thought, oh, I I don't need to do it anymore. It was almost like some therapy for myself. Yeah. And then, then you know, then it was like a month later, COVID hit. I thought, Christ, that would have been quite good actually to roll it in and see the whole two years of madness. But I mean, fuck it, no one listened to it anyway. So it didn't I listened, I listened to it the other day. Maybe I'm the the only person that listened. When when were you doing that? How long ago was it? Well, there's a, there was it was probably there was a SoundCloud one that had like 450 episodes in it. Uh, it started about two 
yeah, about two years ago. I was kind of in this little real low of, well, God knows what it is. I, I feel like I'm out of it now, but I, I went through like a three-year patch of just like, I don't know, being obs- obsessed with, I, it sounds like obsessed with myself because I've just said that, but I was trying to fix myself in every way possible. And, uh, you know, talking incessantly to myself every day felt like it was actually pretty good. And then like, you know, I did this massive ultra run as well, this 100 mile run. And that that was pretty helpful as well. But, um, did um, did you get a lot of people listen to that and actually get in touch with you off the back of it? Did, did it? did it lead to anything? It did. You know what? I mean, it definitely didn't, you know, I think what it taught me massively was that um, it, 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 well, look, if you get massive numbers, it's all about the numbers, but you know, I wasn't get. if you're not getting massive numbers, it's actually about the quality. And actually what I found is that although there's about, I don't know, SoundCloud told me a thousand people were listening. I didn't believe it because I used to do these, um, I used to do like about 300 in, I would say, right, everyone, you thousand that have listened every single day and you've listened nonstop. All I'm asking you is to email me with a smiley face. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, and yeah. No more. And, you know, you get like two people emails. So it's like, <laughs> I can't believe 999 just wouldn't do it. I mean, I would do it for like days and then begging. But it, you know what I found? It was actually perfect. I, I actually found that if you, what I realized is if you're talking about a particular thing, and mine was because like, going through in my own mind and trying to sort out like feeling happy again. And I think, you know, what that naturally did is attracted some people that were kind of intrigued by the way I was doing, because it was just, there was no theme to it. And, you know, I made a lot of friends to it, like what I call digital friends. So yeah, it really helped me. Did you listen back to it? I, I often, I actually often would, um, not, not that, I mean, some of them are like, you know, not the long, long ones, but sometimes I would go back and just feel, you know, and just be intrigued by, yeah, like what things I had said. I, 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 so I have a thing called ADHD and that, um, what I, fa- I didn't know it at the time, but what I found is that vocalising thoughts and feelings um, didn't necessarily mean that I believed what I was saying or actually felt what I was saying, but I had to be able to hear it out loud in order to, to kind of like really decipher what it is I really felt so I think what the people that were listening you know they're at the time perhaps or there weren't many podcasts where people just talk very openly about all sorts of things um from finances to to business building to to you know and then I would always I you know I went through a whole patch where you know I, I felt like the business was really holding me back and that I felt like really um imprisoned by the fact that there were so many people there and I couldn't say what I wanted and so I started just saying the things I want on the podcast and the beauty of no one listening is of course you can say what you want. Um, but you know, it, it just gave me a, it just gave me a real, I think it's allowed me to, to, to sort of get beyond the, um, uh, the worry that everyone's looking at you. I realize no one's looking at you. Like no one cares what I say, you know, people do care, but they also have no care at all. And so it helped yeah. me. <clears throat> it's, yeah, I, it was I was good. thinking like it, it, the, you, you, you know about the, the, the idea of sort of journaling every day which sounds like it's kind of in principle a really similar thing but if you're journaling every day then you're doing it as a closed book for no one else and I wonder if that other dimension of put, putting it out into the world whether it's actually still for you but it's but it's almost like you're shedding those thoughts because you, you're saying I'm, I'm okay with anybody hearing reading that knowing that and now it's there, so I can just keep layering it up and layering it up, and then and then anyone that wants to wants to be on the journey with me, they can play a role if they want to, and if they don't, well, that's fine as well. I, I think that's exactly it, and I think for me, that actually what I realised is I that connection with the people 
it was almost like a, you know what things I would say one day meant that I would get emails later in the day, and then I, the next day, you know, without even thinking about it subconsciously, I would start talking about the the conversations that we had had, and so it was there was a real back and forth, and it was quite participatory in that in that respect. But you're right, I had to, I wanted, you know, what I also realised is that you know you get emails from people who are going through exactly the same thing as you. Yeah, and I think right. it was really it was really important for me to realise that. Um, you're not the only you're not nutter alone. in town. <laughs> you're not the only nutter in town. Actually, you're not the only. You're not the only one going through this, and you're not. You know, uh, I think at the time I felt, you know, I probably, I don't know, maybe it's. I, I don't really understand the concept of the ego, but I actually recently, you know, I've been listening to a few more, trying to understand like this idea of ego, and I think it was a really important time for me to. I don't know, just to realise that I'm not that special, you know, and I think for far too long, <laughs> yeah. far too long, I, I think we probably all feel we're special mm. and then yeah. realise no one gives a shit at yeah. all. I mean, they do, again, I keep saying that, I always love saying that because I try to tell a lot, a lot of people, like founders I support, it's just, you know, you've got to stop really thinking that everyone in the entire eyeballs of the world is on you because no, right. it really mm. isn't. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, we, we did a programme called Wear Something Different and, and it was it was just about changing what you wear, and and I remember I remember it was um, something like flip your clothes day, and I would normally at that time I would have worn jeans and a smart shirt, and so I wore a suit and a t shirt, and I was going into American Express that day, and I, and I just remember being so self conscious. Because it was so different for me. No, nobody batted an eyelid. My colleagues didn't even notice. Nothing. And then I wore a, a cravat into work and one person commented. And I could not have felt more um, like everybody must be looking at me because I look like a bit of a dick. And, <laughs> and, and nobody. Maybe they were thinking inside, but they didn't dare say it. <laughs> well, could be. But I, I, think, I think that it doesn't you're not that important in, in, you know, no. to other people, you're not that important. You know, you're important to yourself. <laughs> Mills, we've, got so, we've got so much to explore with you here. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to just try and, um, uh, well, I might just start with how, how we ended up talking to you. Cause, um, yeah, I want to make mention to your, to your investor deck. So I'd I'd heard I think I mentioned this in emails. So I, I knew of us two. Ray and I are both um, like from the world of tech, and we run agencies and stuff. So we so we've heard of us too, and we're from the UK. And um, so you you know you guys are, are pretty well known in that space. And um, uh, I'd I'd heard all sorts of interesting stories about us two spinning out the games company and the adventure company, and it all sounded really interesting. And actually, you'd been on my list of somebody to connect with somehow at some point. So I'm glad this has happened. But then out of the blue, somebody shared your investor deck with me. And uh, <laughs> when I say investor deck, it makes it sound, you know, for anyone that's familiar with, with that world of investor decks, you'll, you, you have a certain imagination of what it looks like. It doesn't look anything like what you, what you would expect. We'll, we'll link it up in the show notes. But um, uh, it starts off with um, Barney the horse. So you're Barney yeah, the horse. Yeah, I've actually said, I, I, you know what, because it's, it's a live deck, I, I depending on the, what I realized is one of my biggest issues with any sort of presentation was, with the fact that it's, you know, I have to leave it to the very last minute to do it because otherwise, if I make it a week before the meeting, then I'm going to I'm gonna need to change it in the day before because otherwise it won't reflect how I feel. So I thought, why not just do a live deck that whatever whatever someone might say to me that minute, I can just go and change your pages that. around. Yeah. So I actually don't know where it is. I'm, I'm looking as well right now. 
I'll give you I'll give you an idea of how it made me feel. It made me feel like this is somebody who I want to talk to. They're not taking themselves too seriously. They've obviously got something to put into the world. But the positioning was like, so the whole thing looks a bit like a joke, but you can see it's not a joke. And and there's this constant theme through it, which is, uh, and I'll, I'll read verbatim what it says on the first page, basically, basically pitching myself as your new investor, that's crossed out, and then it says friend instead. And the whole theme is, I want to give you money to be, I want to buy friends. Yeah. And I love it because I feel like there's there's such a truth to it, which is it, which is one of those things that's sort of hidden in cl- in clear sight. Which is when we when we work with people, we tend to want to work with people that we like and we want to build relationships and enjoy enjoy the process. But we kind of I don't know. There's something about the culture of work that suggests that we shouldn't be upfront about that. Mm. Um, so I, I love that 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 theme really comes through, and it's um, I don't think it could be that much more sort of vulnerable and honest from what from what I see. But as a start of a 10, so be good to hear your your thoughts around how you're positioning yourself today as like uh, somebody who invests in buying friends. I love that. Yeah. Um, but also we, we tend to open up with the question, like, how do you describe yourself to people? So not so much, we hate that question of what do you do, but what journey yeah. you're on or um, how do you spend your time? Do you want to just start there for us? Yeah, good call. Good questions. Um, well, firstly, thank you. It's great that that, that pitch deck worked, the, the link bait worked I put out <laughs> to the world. You've all been scammed. But I mean, you know, just in, in regards to that, um, you know, it's genuine. I think, you know, that that's, I think for me, everything I've always done is, I've, well, I try, I, I am genuine and, you know, I do things less for well i mean people often people might think i do things for effect but really it's just i'm just doing what i want to do and i don't i do care what people think i think everyone well i certainly do care what people think but at the same time you know i'm not gonna i i realize being your truer self many years ago is is the is the best thing you can be you know i we talked earlier understand about what you wear i mean i've never not worn shorts you know for the last like, five six years and still you know actually any meeting I go to people, you know, it's almost like the biggest talking point. You, I, I cannot believe you're wearing shorts. You know, it's such a big thing for people. And I'm just like, I can't believe that it's even a thing. You know, I'm just wearing something because it's comfortable and, and, you know, I, and I've got such beautiful legs. So I think this, 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 <laughs> I, 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 see your legs, I, I, I no, I've seen a picture. I've seen a picture and I, I, that, that's not, I wouldn't say beautiful. No, they're getting no, better. N- nice. Oh, you mean nice, more nice and oh, shapely. But not beautiful's too far. Yeah, maybe beautiful's too far. Well, for me, yeah, you're right. They're they're one of my they're my I like them a lot. They get me from A to B. Yeah, well, that's true. Stuff. In that sense, they're um, beautiful. The um, so yeah, so that so who am I describing myself? Oh, Christ, um, yeah. Look, I, I really do. I really really care about people, and I really care about about amplifying good really good creative people and and although we talked about ego I, I don't like the ego you know when we first started us two years ago like the only thing we knew is that we didn't want to have a, an environment full of people who who thought you know it was all about them you know we for us team dynamics was everything and I think Sinks and myself very quickly understood that our for us to be successful as a business we really had to we were we weren't the center point of the company now it's called us too ironically yeah. um but but at least it's not our actual names but yeah. i think you know when we that that's just because actually we didn't really have any other we did we you know thought it was a cool name we didn't really have any idea of what we were going to do other than work together 
And, you know, we didn't have any plans for it to get as big as it got. But very quickly, we understood that hiring great people who, who had real potential, you know, juniors usually, because that's all we could afford at the time. And then really giving them just like a playground for them to really, 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 you know, be their best selves was everything. And that really allowed us to grow very quickly. Um, so I think without knowing at the time, without being so conscious of it, I've always, I've always enjoyed buying friends. Now, and I say that in my invested deck because it's, it's genuine. It's like all those people that asked to, for, for me, the struggle I had a few years back was as it, when it became very big, you know, you realize and people get older, it isn't really about friendships. You know, it is a, at the end of the day, it's a business. It's not this fampany that we had called it, that we had coined it. It's not the youth club that it used to be when we were 400 people, you know, out of our minds all the time, you know, having fun, but working hard. It, it was, it's a real business. And so I think, you know, about five years ago, I started investing and I hate that word investing because I, I I I don't know why I have the issue with that. I feel it's a real. I just feel like I feel like I'm sort of. I feel investing is so trumped or pushed as this this holy grail, and it's like the greatest thing. When actually, I think it's it's absolutely nothing. I mean, it's it's complete. It's all about betting on people, and you know, I don't know if the people I bet on will will do really well or not. You know, there's so many circumstances that are going to come in. Uh, and affect the chances of that business doing well. That certainly my, I, I had zero idea whether or not someone would actually do well or not, you know, when I backed them years and years before. But so for me, the I am actually thinking I'm doing this because I really, really enjoy the time I'm having with this person. I learn best through actually having conversations with people, not through sort of academically reading stuff. And, you know, I, I feel like because I had, so it, it's genuine that I'm buying friends because I'm thinking, if I can, if I can jump on the back on the on the ride of some of these, you know, up upstarts, then uh, that's going to be really exciting for me. So I don't, you know, I, don't get me wrong. I would rather all of them didn't not make money because, you know, if I can make money from it, I can invest more into into more friends. But at the same time, I'm definitely I'm not. My job is not to be an investor. I do it as a genuine passion because. I'm very interested in the world of business, creativity, and I get really excited by very driven people. And that's actually because, you know, at the end of the day, I don't have a talent in the way that other people have talents. Like I'm not a great designer. I'm not a great, I'm not a great anything really. I, I, but I think what I, what I have been told and what I believe I have learned to be okay with saying I am is I'm good at bringing the best out of people and, and giving them belief. And I don't know, it's not, I don't know, it's a skill, but it's certainly helpful. Um, it's be, it has been helpful. So, yeah, who are I? Just someone I'm also quite, I don't know what contrary even means. What does contrary mean? Does anyone know? I think, it, I think it's, it's, it's taking a, the different viewpoint, isn't it? It's, it's about, but maybe sort of doing it quite looking, deliberately. Yeah, looking at the other side. And, you know, I think the way you talk about investing is quite interesting because part of the reason I imagine you don't like it is because it's, you know, if you if you Google investing, you'll get a load of nonsense there. It's not the image you know, that you're, you're portraying. It's not. Well, the, it's Goldman yeah. Sachs. It's yeah. private equity. It's 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 not individuals who care about more than a financial return, which you obviously do. Yes. Okay. So yeah, so I'm sort of contrary without being contrary because I don't think I do it to. I, I'm doing it because it is actually my genuine sort of default position. I think combine you know whether that's ADHD as well. ADHD has been you know, since I've learned more about it as a, as a, you know, that, that has given me 
an ability to see things from a different point of view doesn't always mean it's the right point of view. You know, mm. our, you know, a lot of the risk taking we took in us two was down to me being never being never being able to be happy with what we had achieved and always wanting more and always wanting you know I'm not an operator really Sinks was always that so I was always thinking of the next thing the next the next thing so yeah so, so and and actually the contrary I did say the contrary thing about investing is I do I don't know why I do have a bit of a bee in my bonnet in terms of the way the investment is I don't like the I don't like the fact that 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 image that people have of the of the classic investor is true because it is true because you know it's and, and I want to so I'm I've probably pushed it a much more extreme in order to try to get a little bit of attention because mm. obviously ultimately you know I'm only going to meet interesting people if they know I exist and you know people don't know I exist unless I have a point of view which happens to be buying friends <laughs> and it being real though <laughs> You're uh, so let's let's rewind the clock a bit. So you've mentioned Sinks yeah. a couple of times. So yeah. Inks is the Sinks is the other part of us two. And you and him, yeah. did you you grew up together? Did you? Yes, I've known him since I was eleven years old. So you know, we we've we've been that sort of that sort of best friend whereby we're very different, in, but our values are identical. So you know, I think we always knew that we would do something together, but I don't think it was ever particularly pre-planned you know we we came out of college uh, we went to a different college we went to the same school together then we went off to different colleges together he went to st martin's in london i went to bath and just quick um, before before you jump on too much Bill, yeah. school and adhd did you know you had adhd at school no what, what was school like for you yeah so no i didn't know i had adhd and i didn't i didn't know i had dyslexia so you know the reason i met sinks was that we moved out of london when i was eight my parents uh to tunbridge wells where sinks lives um so actually so when i was 11 i i, I met, met him at secondary school so you know the reason we had moved out of london is because i wasn't up you know there was an opportunity to go to a better school than if i'd stayed in inner city london um and i you know i don't think i'd have done very well in london you know I, I was never academic so actually what i think now i try to reflect on my sort of upbringing i think i was actually given it's not like this i don't think i have a story whereby i was so useless i had to i had to and no one believed in me. I think actually people saw something in me and and actually they gave me a lot of opportunity and they and my parents and you know really backed the 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 idea of going to the creative space. Um so I think school was hard for sure. Like again, academically, I wasn't excited by the way school worked. I never really I never loved the the work side of school or even university, but I did like the people side of it. I I really like that sort of bring it together with different people and i didn't realize it at the time that that was you know that would become a useful resource in the world of work um yeah so when so when i went off to university in bath because i wanted to sort of i wanted to be outside of london sinks was very different he wanted he, he knew that being in london would give him access to some of the best studios given work experience and he wanted to be that sort of london he, he was really he really loved i think university in terms of the work the projects whereas i was the opposite and i like this growing up but at the end of that three years we, you know we'd always been in touch obviously we, we would always so, go back to so what did you, what, sorry what did you what did you do at university what did what did things do well we both did what was then called graphic design but really right. it was, i mean you know that that was in 98 i think to 2001 i think or 97 to 2000 i mean you know certainly my course i, I mean i would say it was i would say it was terrible 
really, in terms of what I then became to understand about the world of design. But Sinks's, I think, was being at St. Martin's, which obviously, although it has its quirks, I think that was a lot more, it was a lot more of a, a reality you know what work would actually be like and that's because probably they're right in the middle of london sure so i think i was always i felt quietly confident that i was understanding about what the world of design would be through sinks and every time i'd meet up with him back at the, the term between the terms um or i'd go and live with him down in london in his warehouse you know i was i was getting that sort of that realism uh, and and i, I understood what's going to happen now at the end of it because sinks had so many great work experiences he was given a, an opportunity to take a job at us a little startup design studio i mean i think it sounds embarrassing when it's startup it was a business that was small and sinks said like there's an opportunity for me to come on board as a designer because i was more of a i had a, a natural talent for visual design sinks was much more of an ideas man than not uh, you know a, a get it done man um he, he loves that big idea and actually more so he actually loves the getting you know getting that idea into something tangible so i went and had the interview with a with a lunatic really a guy called dom at big animal and you know he looked through i remember him looking through my portfolio and he, he he really didn't care i mean i didn't really care either but he didn't care but at the last page there was a picture i had a business card that i'd made which was was just a, like a little fat kid that i'd found and i put my head on it and um he thought it was the greatest thing he'd ever seen. And he thought it was so good. That's the reason he hired me. And I think those three years at Big Animal taught me and Sings the importance of two things, really. One is that work and play could be 100% merged. There was, you know, it was a nut house. I mean, it was very small studio. Um, and we lived there for 24 hours a day. And it was it was everything to me and, and Sinks and Dom and Matt. And it was just, it was mad. And, he, and then it was the second thing we learned was it's all about who you know. And he happened... Although the studio itself was um, was more of an animation house and Sinks and myself were just starting to understand about interaction design because it was becoming a thing. He's like one of their best friends, happened to be like one of the design heads at Sony in Japan. And we just started doing all the work. Um, oh, shit, sorry. Still there? And we started doing all the work um, for the design center in Tokyo. So really, we were really sort of starting to experiment with quite wacky stuff that no one was really doing in the UK. And uh, just fast forward there, over the, those three years were brilliant. I mean, it gave us the opportunity to to, to get, you know, the acts, the beauty of being in a small studio is that, and was certainly one that really had no idea what the hell it was doing, uh, was that you get to do everything. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, we really saw the nuts and bolts of how to and to not to run a studio. And then three years later, Sony Ericsson was born out of Sony. And by then, you know, me and Sinks were, the studio got to maybe seven or eight people, but me and Sinks were really the driving force of the actual work. We were we were everything, and we had the connections with the clients. And we just said to Dom, I think it was a very amicable split. We just said, look, we we love this world of interaction design. You're all about animation, and you want to make an animation company, and and, and that's not working for us. So we're going to start our own thing, and we started we started us too. And we were very lucky that Sony Ericsson were so behind us that. And, and this is at a time, remember, no, the, the phone did not, was not a thing. Mm. And we were, you know, there was, we've been extremely lucky. Uh, I mean, I, I do believe, and it's always, there's so much proof out there that, you know, success really is so, so many things have to come together and pure luck is one. You know, we, 
we were, had been working in mobile for three years, but never would tell anyone because we were so embarrassed. Then when we started so, us to, you know, we weren't allowed to tell anyone about the work we were doing for Sony. And we didn't want to because we were like, oh, everyone else was doing web work. And that was the cool thing. And then the iPhone comes around. And then we, had, you know, none of these big agencies had seen the mobile or thought it was a big. And we had, by then, we had a studio of like 50, 60 people. And that was only a couple of years after starting. So, yeah, it's been an incredible ride, but one of, you know, we're, and one of, oh Christ, I'm jumping all around here, but, you know, what I can see back now, it's been 16 years, is, you know, my skill was, my passion was at the beginning. And probably for far too long, I stayed on board uh, when it became basically more of a business. Because, yeah. at the you know, you know, it doesn't, at that early stage, those early five, six years, those formative years where we really are cooking the values into the business and growing all around the world. And it's so exciting and everything's exciting. I've never done anything before. Eventually you get to a point or we did where it really is just about small incremental growth. You know, by then we'd started us to games. That was the thing that I put my energy into. And then I started us to adventure, which was where we were invest using the money from those two companies to, to invest. And, and then I, I didn't get bored, but I, it was just, you know, we, we hired CEOs, the two businesses, it, it became very, you just couldn't act the same way anymore. And actually it wasn't right for me to be that person anymore. So I, although I still own half of it, I, I'm not operationally involved in either of the businesses in the same way. I mean, I still put my nose in here and there, but. And it sounds, it sounds like the, the, the big thing is, is being able to play in the playground. Yeah, and that's that's you know when you're not able to play, then that's when it stops becoming. That's when it it stops being interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think when it becomes, I mean, I, it's an interesting one because you know I talked earlier on about the fact that you know about five years ago, which when I track back now, I start I was. I was really, I was without knowing why I should be so low. I just didn't feel good anymore. And I think actually I could probably, I, I have subsequently tracked it back to, to the launch of Monument Valley, which had been, it had been the thing I was definitely aiming for, for a long time. You know, I'd always known when we started us to that ultimately a, a design studio of sorts is ultimately known, which was important to me at the time by the work that you output. And I felt that we weren't going to get that type of a claim unless we were able to demonstrate something that we had personally done rather than we'd done for, for our client. clients. Mm. And, you know, at that time, you know, it was 2008 or so we start in, you know, the client service business is growing and doing well. And I am, I am still involved, but, but I started to, to build a small team that we, you know, we would always spend as much money as we could afford to spend on things that didn't have to make money. You know, it wasn't like it wouldn't crush the, the core business. So on the side, I'd have a couple of people, and then over the years, we'd have four, five, six, ten. I'd have about twelve people, and then you know, those years on years, we were producing. Really, if I look back now, they they were experimental apps. They were you know very lightweight services. They were they were just creating, you know entertainment sometimes for you you know on this on this exciting iphone and you know we we didn't make much money directly from from those i think there were 16 of them before monument valley but what i what we could definitely see is that it was giving us a, a profile and a name and that profile would allow us to to 
to compete against other big agencies because we have this USP that we were, you know, we were we were telling them that we're the only agency who's putting our money where our mouth is, and we're actually we're we're building you products and services because we actually know what it's like to build products and yeah, products yeah. and services. Now, I mean, in reality, we didn't know at all, but because you know they they weren't as complex as the sort of things we're building these days. But but they, are, I think, you know, the, it was about play, and I think the clients who we call cleanse client friends you saw that and i think that you know why would you hire you know you're going to hire a student that looks like they really love what they're doing and and i think we were you know at the same time i was also i was always wearing wigs and doing interviews looking like a total a total plonker really but again i was just doing because i was to your point playing I, I i thought it doesn't matter like why does and, a design and, studio and, and, need and, to be in a white walls and, and what this, do i say that the, this I mean, sort white of walls. This sort of um, wearing wigs and shorts, and you should yeah. try a, try a cravat, try a cravat. Yeah. Um, all this this sort of um, what some people might think is fairly extreme behaviour in some sense. Yeah. Is it in? I imagine in part it's a filtering process that if people if people if people look at you and think you're a dick and want you out out the uh, out the door then brilliant we've sorted that out fairly quickly and i can move on to find somebody that really looks at that and goes well you're just a dick let's get yeah. on and actually start you know doing some interesting work together and start playing yeah yeah you're totally right i mean that that's exactly it. and and you know rewinding back to that that very that very pitch deck or you know to the to the founders I feel like that if people don't understand that pitch deck, they're not going to email me. So then I don't, so that's a filter system in itself. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think I always knew when to toe the line. Like I wasn't going to, I wasn't trying to steal the show. It was, it was, if I was doing an interview, that's going to be a video, like why not talk sense, but actually just look visually weird because yeah. And not even mention the fact that I'm looking weird perhaps. And it's just, it's just, it was just having fun. It's like, why wouldn't I do that? And I think that's what I, when we built us to, the only thing we really knew is if you create an environment that people are excited by or and it's real and the values of the founders are real and friendship is a real thing because it's owned by two people who are who are very open and and you can see it's genuine that 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 is conducive of a great environment and um you know who cares what other people think i mean you know don't get me wrong i was getting i could see you getting a lot of shit from certain people i can see people who who really had a at the time who had a real issue with the fact that you know i was this you know i was portraying myself as this but at the same time is, know, is, aren't you also but, giving license to the people that work with you for you however you want to describe it to be as themselves as they want to be because you are yeah yeah and you know mental health is a really important part of, of the world now and it's a very it's a highlighted topic thank thank god you know when we first started us i don't proclaim to be the sort of the, the sort of creator of mental health awareness but bring yourself to work is has from day one has been yeah, yeah. something we role models because yeah. if you you can have it as a value but then you can actually tell people but then and companies do that all, the, all yeah, over yeah. pretending they care but oh, we did care and, and, and i think you're absolutely right you're giving you're giving permission to play and yeah it, the best and all at the same time you know sinks was isn't like like i said sinks is nothing like me our values are the same we don't we'd never we get to a, a conclusion differently but you know i think that 
there's always been that 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 sinks in me way yeah. out so we're like we're like normal. a bit of a yin and yang thing going on there yeah yeah that might exactly. be the answer to the i've got this question that i really want to try and understand and you might have just answered it but you you said a couple of times like i've realized that well what are we worrying about we might as well just do it um what's you know it's that feeling of kind of what's the worst that can happen or just getting over your fear i think other people who are listening to this might think oh yeah that's all right for him but it's not but that's not all right for me and um and I wonder at what point did you start to really be able to believe that and what was going on? Because if you, if when I just for context, when yeah. you said we grew really quickly over the first couple of years and we were sort of 50, 60 people at that point, you're carrying costs of a few million quid a year, presumably. Yeah. And so uh-huh. that, that, that starts to, as founders of a company, that starts to be a, a, a quite a big con- con- consideration in your life. You're carrying the responsibility of loads of other people and, and what they're doing in their lives and all the rest of it. So how yeah. were you able to balance that? Well, I think the, the key way of balancing is, is is the fact that me and Sinks are, you know, are collectively one good enough as one person. And I think so, you know, I think, you know, for all I I believe that for a company to do or for a company of ours to have done well, there needed to be someone out there sort of getting some sort of attention for whether it's through the, the work that, we, you know, our own IP work or the things I was saying or the the behavior that I was creating. At the same time, we need somebody who's back at the ranch making sure that things are actually working because without those two things, I think we wouldn't, we wouldn't have the awareness and we wouldn't have the delivery part. So, and I think at the same time, you know, we were all at that time, that it made sense because all of all of us were similar ages you know at one point i think we were about i remember we were in portugal and so there's about 350 of us and it was like a four-day camp and when i say camp it was just like a festival and actually that was a very that was a that was a time where actually a lot of things changed so we came back from that me and sinks thinking that was about seven years ago now thinking wow that was the best one of our two holidays we've ever had and actually that was the first time where a lot of people said well you know what it wasn't it we a lot of us felt excluded it uh, you know it you know the behavior of you lot of a lot of you is wrong in our eyes and it made us think okay at this point we have to make a choice and it was a hard one it's like do we keep continuing as this kind of young are, are we still actually those young kids that don't have responsibilities or do we have to wake up and think the world is change is changing rightly so no, we've got us it isn't about friends at the top anymore it's about it's about people believing that if they're being themselves doesn't mean being like mills it means being themselves. who they are and yeah. exa- exactly yeah, and actually be, i mean it, it, the oscar wilde quote just keeps coming up to me it's like be yourself everyone else is taken and if you try and be somebody else and you can't, you know, you're all individuals and you're what yourself is, is always different. You know, even in a group where values are the same. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. Values can be the same, can't they? But the way you actually, and and, and your actions have to actually correlate to those values, but you know, you can be, you can be who you want to be on top of that. I mean, I think Sinks will always say that of the 400 people, there's only one me. And I say, I don't think I wouldn't want to paint my picture a picture of myself as like this, this absolute crazy guy. I think it was, it was just, it was just, I never really took much stuff seriously. So, or, you know, it's weird because I, I don't think me and things have ever had to, we never really had to take ourselves. I mean, we were very serious about the work. We knew that if you don't deliver to your clients in, in, in the client game, then you're, you're, you're out. But I think, we were probably 
also very lucky again that you know we built a company up to like 400 people in a mobile wave boom we didn't know probably at the time that was one of the reasons there, there was so much work out there it wasn't it and because we were passionate and very driven and were very excited and and wanted to grow to different markets and because it was so exciting we just did it now once the mobile wave broke which happened to be about the same sort of time as 2014 when monument valley came out we had a double issue or triple issue actually one we had we had experimented with launching a new business called dice which is still six years old now it's a mobile ticketing business live for live music so we had co-founded that business with another founder and we have and sinks has spent was spent has spent a couple of years kind of in and out of us two and and in dice as well Monument Valley, after you know six years of attempts to do it and create a hit, suddenly created a hit, which suddenly meant, you know, what do we do with this hit? Subsequently, started us two games. So there's like the one founder is kind of over in Dice, and one founder is over in us two games, and it's like the 350, 400 people in the middle are like, well, what about us? And we let that we we made some we made big issue. I mean, we basically for. Well, so and then that was conflated by the fact that the mobile wave was no longer the wave it was, and actually you were all on the beach, and there was also an awful lot of other companies very capable of delivering at cheaper than us because they weren't as big as us, and we got hammered financially for years. I mean, a couple, I would say it's the worst. I think sort of two thousand fifteen to two thousand seventeen. I think roughly speaking, was like the worst for us i mean although we've never made them loss ish if you move the accounts around the right places you know we we had to do so much change at us two in order to survive and mm. that would that took a lot of effort to care about so we brought in cathar who was our chairman and we wanted to make a statement about female representation because we had made that classic issue that era of of young naive founders 15 years ago where you know without knowing it all your mates are in all the positions because and i say mates that we were because we had this culture of mates if they felt like mates and we went on this massive mission to to reset the whole company which which meant you know pushing against the culture the very culture we had created and you know having to listen to people talking about it not being the same anymore but eventually we realized that that's the message you wanted to hear because actually we didn't want to be the same you know no. one of our values mm -hmm. had always been change change and things have always said you've got to change to stay the same and those two years were mentally for me i i didn't really handle it very well sync because i i didn't know where my place was all of a sudden you know that 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 character that i created was no i didn't even believe was right anymore and it was mm. And, you know, it's like all of a sudden we were faced with this dilemma. Like, did we actually want to be one of the best, you know, design, design, whatever the hell you want to call us then, companies out there? Or did we, was it really more about, or did we dislike the easy life? You know, once you have to start saying no to people and you have to start letting people go and you have to, you know, you bring in new CEOs and you have to give them the power and you've got to, then it, it really, it, it was hard. But actually, it's a different type now, of hard work, isn't it? It's a different type of hard work. And what we realized is any, I think we were very good leaders when it was easy. And when, and actually we did prove eventually that we were good leaders when it's hard, but that bit in the middle where we had to sort of, where we had to realize it wasn't about friendship and I had to let go of a lot of my close friends at the time, you know, which is very damaging to our relationship. Not because of, it was just that a lot of people weren't able to progress 
to the next stage they didn't want to be in that new company they didn't want mm. to be in a more formal company but uh but that's it's, it's interesting because that's just that's it's and it's so hard and i i know because I, i've been in exactly the same position so it, it's 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 a really hard thing and then but the hardest part of it all is changing yourself well exactly no totally and that and that is why you know i i was given time sinks gave me time off and I started thinking, like, who am I? Like, why? Hang on, sorry, can, I, can I just stop you there? Yeah. Sink, sinks gave you time off. Yeah. Yeah, well, so we've always had this relationship. You know, so we've known each other 33 years or whatever. I think he he knows. He could see, I think, I was in a, a bad place. And I, I didn't really know what the place was. You know, here I was. And I, I think I was just very empty. You know, I... I'd always longed and I always, but I think I'd put far too much belief in happiness comes from success. And I meant that in respect of, you know, I always wanted to create a standout hit that the world would then look at us to and say, that's a, that's a, a top company. It was a really important thing for me, which, you know, and the reason it was probably important was because, you know, I'd all, it, us two had been a company that I genuinely believe was doing things differently. You know, we called it a family, not a company because it had family ideals in it. You know, we were trying to, we taught, we gave a company was full of benefits for people. We, it was people first, but we went to, oh, God, that's another bit. We went too far that way. But, but when Monument Valley came out and it was a smash hit and it actually superseded anything could I, ever, I could ever imagine and want, you know, a year later, I suddenly realized that I still had that feeling inside me. And it was like, it wasn't going to go away from it. And it was like, oh, shit, okay, I'm actually feeling what people have told me in the past. And what the hell am I then if, if that's not going to solve me? So just, so, for, for, just for a bit of, bit of context, because um, yeah. because we, we know more of the story. I want to make sure people people will follow yeah, it. Sure. So you guys span out the games company. You've been experimenting with different mobile games. Then you start working on Monument Valley. And, um, and that was, it was a mobile game, but it was a mobile game that was kind of designed for almost anyone to play. That was maybe the, and very, very beautifully designed in a way where most games at that time design was, was a bit more, it was more about the game mechanics and about like capturing your attention than it was about kind of beauty. And, um, and then what happened is you launched it and I don't know that you knew this was going to happen, but it, it got featured in house of cards but it was it was quite prominent, wasn't it, in terms of the the, yeah. the storyline and how they weaved it into the storyline, which I'll, I'll let you talk about in a sec. And then went on to win one of the most esteemed awards in this space, which was like an Apple Developer Award or something, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. So, and then I just want to say one more thing. I'm going to hand back to you, Mills. But yeah. I, I wonder, I wonder how much you might have felt that feeling of you know when footballers talk about um, retiring and how they've lived this life for years, where every Saturday they go out into the stadium and everyone's cheering for them and then they score a goal and they get, get, get that feeling. And it's the same with rock stars, you know, anyone that's had that amount of attention. And then, and then when it's not there, what they, then they typically, how do you replace it? You replace it with whatever high you can find. And I wonder, did, did you, did you feel as though you, you, you experienced a similar sort of uh, feeling in terms of those waves? Yeah. I, I think that's a, I think it's the way you describe that is, is pretty good. I mean, I, I, I'm fortunately not a rock star, but I think you're right when you get that much, it was everything, you know, it was more than everything that I'd ever wanted in terms of that sort of, that respect. You know, I think it's probably, I was longing for respect. I was, you know, I really believe that we'd put ourselves out there for so long trying and we had created something really special. And I believed it was special. And um, yeah, I think when that, you know, when, when that goes, it's like, what, what are you trying to do again? 
you know and i think actually the problem was more was i realized it doesn't solve that internal feeling mm. whatever it was that internal and now subsequent i have actually worked out what it is i can come to that at the end that's the cliffhanger but i think just to just so just to pedal it back on so what we had done so we had built a client service business building digital products and services for for you know clients all around the world and and it's, it's a brilliant a business that i absolutely love for, for many years but i was when I look back now, it was really more Sinks was the more passionate one about it, whereas I was always the one looking for the next shiny toy. And, you know, it worked really well. And so we were using the profits year on year. We would work out that we could afford, I could afford to have a small team sitting in the corner of one of the studios that would be 100% dedicated to whatever I wanted to, them to do. Well, we would want to do together, sorry. And, you know, that was something fairly unique in those times. So we had this kind of almost like, I mean, the thing we're having to deal with there is that almost you have the noisy, one of the very noisy, the noisy founder ha has a lot of shiny light and a lot of um, visibility on a small team. And then the hundreds of others are kind of like, who are basically working hard to produce great work, but not getting the visibility. You know, that that was something we had to continuously manage. And that's why I always tell founders now, like, or of client services business, like if you're thinking of doing what we did, don't do it the way we did it. Because... You know, if we, you know, we had this classic case where, you know, the, the, although the team slowly augmented over the years and it was the team that made Monument Valley wasn't all exclusively the team that started it eight, in the, on the road with me like six years earlier. You know, we were, as I say, we're using the, me and Six were using it, the money that we could have taken out of the business to, 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 you know, to, to try these experiments. Now, Monument Valley, by the time Monument Valley comes out, actually, that was a million or I think 1.2 million pound bet that we could afford it for it to not work. But by then, you know, even the rest of the company was like, oh, fuck. So, I mean, come on, guys, you know, you jokers, like, give up. Now, I think Mono Valley was something, certainly something that everyone believed internally. Okay, there's something, there's potential here. Uh, whereas I don't think they thought that with some of the other things I did. <laughs> but that, that, you know, then we had the dilemma where, you know, that one suddenly does really well. And then the, the team that made it suddenly think, well, you know, we we should, we deserve a, a big bonus from that. And, you know, even, but the problem is the rest of this at the same time is classic, really, because the client service business had allowed me to to mm. basically spend money year on year, and and that was great. Now and and and, and sorry, and the, and that own IP team not to have to make money. The minute the own IP team makes money, they think that they deserve the bonuses, mm. and that it happened to be at the same time where the studios weren't doing well. So actually, we it was like suddenly it was go went the other way. And that course, that was one of the reasons why we suddenly realized, okay, making games is very different to making digital products and services. We need to split these apart. We actually need to, to say that us to studios is client service and, and us to games is, you know, about making games and, and they're different disciplines. And we, and we learned that the hard way through the experiments we'd made leading up to Monument Valley. But you know, we were because Monument Valley was, a, you know, did very well. I mean, it's not like a candy crush. Don't get me wrong. We're not talking because, like you pointed out, it was a game intentionally designed to inspire people for about an hour and then never play it again. Really, we didn't want. We want it to be more like a record that you want to go and, you know, you appreciate the the narrative and you and, and listening to it, but you don't. You you're not you, you don't have to keep going back. Actually, that's probably the wrong metaphor there. But so that so I think because we I mean, again. 
because we went against the grade, everyone was making freemium games. So we thought we'll make a premium game. You know, everyone's making games that had so much retention built in. We wanted to make something that was more like a coffee table book that you see that would attract people that don't like games or think they don't like games because most games are really, really, I don't play most games because they just don't appeal to me. So we thought we could make something for the non-gamer. And because our studio, we all the testing we did on Monument Valley was wanted done with you know between the 400 people at the studio so we and most of them weren't gamers so yeah so, so, so i've gone on far too long but basically when that thing comes out by then the beauty of those six years of failures or six failures as we called them because they were i was always going out there talking i love about the that. way you bring two words together it's, just like, <laughs> it's like it's a constant theme throughout this I, and the worst one so far is definitely this clients and friends cleanse. yeah cleanse because funny enough because that's 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 just it's just not right if you don't mind me saying no no it's not i mean most of the stuff is not right Fampany feels wrong and i think that oh, was quite, quite like that one i mean i like it a lot of people still don't funny enough what our ceos just emailed um at the end of on the 22nd i saw he had sent an email to the whole company talking about the power of cleanse uh, so it's come back again you know it went away for a few years but now it's starting to come well, back, in, in, back in, in fashion in, well yeah, exactly. in, in covid times cleanse is probably you know it's uh yeah. well yes exactly cleanse but and, uh, yeah, I, I need so, right i'm going to stop you talking because otherwise yes. you're just going to talk on forever i mean i, I can never stop talking <laughs> exactly right so i want to take you back to yeah this this idea of you know you have this you you could never have imagined you'd have been that successful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not that. I'm not that successful. Oh, you mean you mean the games, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, whatever yes, it was, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever yeah. moment it was that you you know you you become. Oh, he's disappeared again. No, sorry, I was just I was just changing the. You uh, should be right. Uh, I was just and, changing the uh, brightness. It's so bright, you're like God, which is good. Oh no, I can't do the light. You're <laughs> you're very close and hairy now. <laughs> So you've been successful. Yeah. Uh, you you know it's I don't want to say beyond your wildest dreams, but it, it's a bit of a surprise to a certain degree. And you you sort of think, well, if if I'm this, if if what I'm doing is this successful, it's, it's like climbing a mountain, right? And you get and you think everything's going to be great from then on because that's going to solve all your problems. It's like people think, well, you know, if I if I'm just if I just rich. You know, if I solve all my money problems because you're playing the money game or you're playing the fame game or you're playing the whatever game it is that you think is going to solve all your problems. And suddenly you get to the top of that mountain and you have that moment and that moment might last for 20 minutes. It might last for, you know, two weeks, two months, maybe longer. Mm. But. The thing about climbing these mountains is and, and, and winning at that particular game is that all you really discover is there are lots of other games to play. <laughs> yeah, of course. And, and and you know, and and suddenly it's like, oh, it's the health game, or it's my relationship game, or it's um, you know, it's just it goes on and on and on. There's always another game to play. And I think yes. I think there's something about when you win. There's that it's inevitably followed by the, for want of a better, a better word, a hangover. And sometimes the the higher, the better you win, the bigger the hangover. Yeah, yeah, I 100% can see that. Yeah, and and I and it's just it, it seems to me anyway in life it's that's just the cycle. It's 
win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. And what we all have to do is we have to keep, we have to understand that because it makes, I think it's something about, mm. it's something about when you, when you, when you are winning, it, it, it's, it's really important to know that that won't last forever. So enjoy it. Make the yeah. most of it because this ain't going to be around for, for forever. It really isn't. But the same is also true of the hangovers. That The hangover, you, you've got to know, and it doesn't feel like that. I know it doesn't because I'm sure we've all been there. You know, mm. life just feels shit and you're just thinking, what the fuck? I've, I've just climbed this mountain. That's what I wanted to do. And now I'm feeling shit. And, but if you understand that that hangover won't last forever, you will come out of it. Yeah, that, I totally get it. I feel like the hangover, the hangover is a really good me- metaphor, Ray. Because yeah. I think if it was a hangover, Mills, you literally came out the other side and then gave up lots of things and transform. You really did transform yourself, as I understand it. Well, and I that think was, that, yeah. that yeah, that's a really interesting thing because I think what you started to do with because why, why don't you just go through what you what you've given up, you know, in a fa- fairly short space of time? Because I think that's quite interesting. Well, I did, yeah, so. That was well, well, well sidelined or whatever you say there, or whatever the next thing is. Um, yes, yeah, so, so after that, after that sort of, as I started to have the hangover without knowing it at the time, I think the actual, when I look back now, that hangover was also in part to do with the fact that my identity had been so wrapped up in us two. Like us two was my everything. And actually, you know, I do feel sad now. I didn't feel sad at the time when Lise first told me, but my wife, you know, reminds me only you know, a year or so ago that she knew that, she and the kids were number two and three and I don't even know which order they are in but she knew that us two she noticed that, that when the kids were born that's 11 years and or 12 years ago she felt I changed and I went more extreme than ever and I think what happened is I probably I felt I mean she says that she feels that I saw the kids as a real inconvenience and I probably did actually sadly because you know they hurt both family life meant that I couldn't spend more time with us two and at the time when I was really desperately trying to to make us two successful because I believed that us two well I believed that that would make me happy but also wanted that feeling you know you know um you know Lisa always essentially says I wasn't doing it for them because I would often say I was she said I was doing it for me and maybe she was really right and when when I felt like after Monument Valley you know, I still felt this weird feeling inside. I wasn't really happy. I thought, wait a sec. What What if it's us two? What if the only, because the only thing I really ever truly allowed myself to love until that point had definitely been us two. It was, I mean, I was so, I think, I mean, I, I was so wrapped up in us two. You know, for me in the sinks, it was, it was almost a competition to who could love this thing more. You know, it was every, we gave so much to it. it, it I, and me more so because I was, because of the ADHD, one of the downsides is you get like a real emotionally attached to certain things where you, you, you feel something much more and it was really affecting me. So I sort of thought, I started to think through help, through, through talking about it on the podcast that we talked about earlier on that, that maybe, you know, maybe, uh, I need to change something around us too. So the first time we talked about sinks, give me time off. It was like, I was like sinks. I think I'm eventually after a year, I was like, I think I need to not be part of this anymore. The, because I've tried, because I now say that I tried so many things. So I tried, I gave up alcohol for two years. I decided I'll do a ultra, a hundred mile ultra run because I thought surely running for 24 hours, I'd read that you'd have to face so many sort of demons in your head and, that would be, you know, I became a vegan for five minutes, you know, a vegetarian, 
I, you know, it was all about extreme, it's all about extreme things. I started seeing a therapist and I have done for many years now. But I think what she helped me, the therapist helped me understand is that ultimately all these things were about escaping stuff. It was, they're all external things. It wasn't about, I don't know, I still don't really understand what she was saying, but I've got to a good place. But it, and you can't fix yourself through, like you said, achieving a hundred mile run because then I've got to do something different the day after because I've done that. And it was, it was a really dark time really because a lot of, you know, actually what I've realized is my God, I neglected my kids and wife for 12 years. I mean, that's not a good place to be in. And, you know, I thought the other day, I thought, oh my God, Louis 10, he's sort of getting to that age now where he's not that little, he's starting to not be that little kid who wants to get into my bed and, and, you know, play with me, and oh my god, that sounded wrong. Um, <laughs> um, it did. It did. Sound wrong. It, it did. But uh, but, but uh, and I thought, fuck, I'm never, I'm never getting the back. It made me feel really bad. But you know, at the same time, I was also coming up to forty. I'm forty two now. So all these things were coming together, and it's just like, fuck, wow, this is bad. Now, funny enough, between us, between us and anyone's listening, you know, actually, over Christmas time, I think, you know, I joke about it now, but you know, really me and Lisa came to a throw where she sort of said, look, you're, we've tried, we've supported you for 12 years. You can't get happy. You, I still feel like you, we're an inconvenience to you. And I think, you know, maybe we should discuss about you not being, you know, we'll get you another house and you live in that. And you know what, that, that moment where I was actually faced with what I allowed myself over time to think is what I was actually looking for hit me so hard and I was like oh my god I actually don't want that I mean it makes me feel really emotional I could feel myself crying but um yeah it, I, I, you know I've been I woke up the next day and I was a completely different human I, I yeah it, it, it was mad it's I saw I, I, I joke you know, I shouldn't have spent all that money on therapists fucking it's so expensive but actually I think it was it made me what basically culminated in me realizing that actually the very thing I was looking for was actually in front of me yeah and in you know big and no one you know when I looked around most of my friends, none of them cared about the stuff I did for us to really like, they didn't even know about half the stuff. No. And I thought, fuck, I've allowed myself to live in this industry bubble where I'm desperately wanting the attention of the very people I don't actually even care about. Mm. Mm. What yeah. a joker. Yeah. And, and joker. I, do you know what? And that's a real, I've got, I've got a friend who said a similar thing to me about three, four years ago that, you know, he works in the music business and he, and, and the other guy that he was talking to works in the, uh, in the TV movie business. And they both said, we're trying to impress the people we don't like. Oh fuck, it's bad. It's you know, bad. so and, and 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 what 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 is that about? It's a really, you know, so it it's not it's not just you. You know, I think I think to a certain extent we all do that. And 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 then you start, you know, you start talking about being yourself and then you start to work out what is myself. And and I think what you just described with your conversation over Christmas is you you push it so hard you push things so hard and you reach that what what Neil and I have described in the past as the these rock bottom moments and that's when you know you've got to react against that because the thought of that disappearing is not a good one no, and and, and you know and and that's it it, it it's sort of it, it 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 gives you the direction you need and and if you're brave, you, you you can react against it 
And if you're not, you continue to sink. Yeah, and I think that that's well said because that you know that night, I mean, it was twelve, it was midnight, and I was never particularly good at listening to people because I'd always sort of talk over them. And I think I think suddenly I realised there is a, a almost a yes and no, a black and white answer here. I mean, she she basically said, if it continues, it's over. And and I, I think I, that was the rock bottom for me of of like, wow, wake up, you. And I actually look at you, selfish shit, you know. You yeah. have always, you have been thinking about, you're trying to, like, you're trying to get people you never meet to like you when yeah. actually the family and friends, you don't see your family or friends. That's just, it's just so wrong. But it, but I did need to hit that rock bottom of, of, rea- of just a reality check to, mm. to, to get there. And, and I'm glad that she said that. I'm re- really, really glad because, you know. Well, I, you I know actually, and good on her for being so open and, and brave herself to say it because, that's not an easy thing to do no and actually when i when i I delved into a little bit more like she'd actually gone a lot further than i assumed that she'd gone and sort of to look about how it would actually work and so kindly she'd even i mean she's so caring and that's the that she even thought of you know of getting me like a really nice place what a joker (laughs) (laughs) but it's like but you're right it's just i mean i think i get i was able i think for too long i had two amazing people who have my back so badly mm. sinks and lease and they they both gave me the, the so much space to to go quite far very far and you know i could not do anything without those two you know i i'm a i'm a bit yeah. of a joke really without those two yeah and and i think there's something here about it's, it's back to the yin and yang thing to a certain degree you've got i think you've got you've got this to do the sort of things that you've done in the past and, you know, and people like you have done, you know, which other people would look at and think fucking amazing. And uh, uh, you need to have some stability. Oh God. I I didn't really appreciate. I probably didn't appreciate. I mean, I probably did, but I pretend I didn't, but yeah, without, without that, that, you you can't be the guy right no, edge, because because no when you when you're when you're pushing off you know you imagine it you, you you're pushing off on one foot onto something else that needs to be stable for you to really know where you're going to land if that's wobbling around it's very difficult but it's wow. easy also to to take it for granted because it's normal oh absolutely you know, that's that it's just ability always, that stable always... ground it's not until it's and it's not until it starts wobbling that you 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 start to notice how stable the ground was it's always been there it's always been yeah. there and you do take it for granted. Do you think it's just normal to have that? And a lot of people, you know, I don't know. A lot of people don't have that. Yeah, I, 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 exactly. I mean, this. I'm extremely lucky that, that there are such two brilliant people did give me so much. And I think I just, I think some of my sort of, you know, a couple of years ago, or a year ago, or so when I found out about the ADHD, because that's when I, because on my road of therapy to try to really understand you know, this feeling inside me, you know, it ultimately did lead to um, discovering ADHD. And I think that I remember Lee saying at that time, you know, I, I, you know, that she loved me more knowing that because I think it started, mm-hmm. she started to help. It helped her process the fact that a lot of the stuff maybe that I had done or the way I'd been, and I, not say I was bad, but I think just being so selfish, maybe or self-absorbed, she could pinpoint a lot of that to what she learned about ADHD. And I think she became very protective of me. But I think at the, at the same time, you know after 12 years well i mean i've been with her for 20 something years but after 12 years of marriage of since the kids i think you know she always talks about the triangle she was a triangle and with the two kids and i was just out there and she's right 
and I think eventually she broke. And so, like I said, I, I did say it the other day, I was so grateful that she had the courage to say it because it was hard for her because she was basically giving me an ultimatum that um, historically I was never going to fulfill. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I was, I, and I was never, an, I wouldn't want to come across as being an arsehole. I think I was just, but if an arsehole is someone that really only ever thinks about themselves, then it's absolutely me. I think I the truth the is that we're wired to think about ourselves. It takes time, doesn't it? It takes time to start figuring this stuff out. I think yeah. maybe some people don't even, they're so distracted with life that maybe they don't look to, to discover it because why would you, right? Well, I think... No, no, I was just going to say, like, for me, you know, I was very lucky that actually the half of my career of my of my building us to, which was all my energy in, there wasn't really, wasn't really social media. And I would say, you know, I, I then get really distracted by social media in a lot of ways because suddenly it becomes a tool where I could say what I want and I just talk absolute shit. And, it, I, you know, again, I used Twitter as like a therapy tool in the past where I just say whatever I felt. And, you know, I think about, you know, I think one of the things of the last few years is like with Instagram, with video being so prolific and you start to see so many people getting attention. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt that that affected me and that starting to think, well, why don't I, you know, why don't I get this sort of attention? And then you realize because you're so boring, but at the same time, you know, I think Lisa would often say to me, you put so much energy into what she calls digi friends. You know, I have, you know, I'm speaking to people all day that I've never met, but, and I was sort of, I guess I, when I look back at that now, I would always say to her, like, you, A, you can be friends with people you've never met. That is a new world we live in now. And B, you know, they they need me. And uh, oh, I felt like they needed me. And there's something nice about feeling needed. Mm. Um, and I think, but, but then even recently, I thought, what a joke. Like, I, it's true. I would spend hours and hours on my phone and completely ignoring the kids. I mean, what sort of a joker am I? Like, awful. On the uh, so the 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 ultra running and giving yeah. up alcohol and all that stuff. So was that something that lasted for some time, and then you've gone back to something more balanced now? Yeah, I think well, balance is a good word. That's the thing that ultimately is really difficult with ADHD balance because you kind of like something has to be quite extreme. But yeah, so I did. I actually did the no alcohol for two for about two years, and you know, I just felt like I think because I got so into this idea of 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 attaining that hundred mile goal. Um, you know, I realized that alcohol was not going to be helpful towards that. So it's quite easy for me to suddenly drop it overnight. And the same with sugar, et cetera. I think eventually what I realized is that anything in extremes is not healthy. Even I don't, you know, what was I, what was I missing by not drinking? Eventually I thought, well, I'm missing, you know, going out to the pub with a couple of mates and just having a, a laugh with a few beers. You know, not to say you can't do that, but, you know, I certainly saw myself being alienated from a lot of, things by going that way which is fine because then you create new friends in news in in the yeah. in the world of boring but um but yeah eventually i thought actually i think i can i think i can go back to it i actually i don't really drink anymore at all um i do other things but we can't talk about them but um i'll leave that click out, well, ray, you're yeah, on, ray you're on mute if you're trying to talk <laughs> am i that's because no, I was. That's because I was oh. coughing. <laughs> no, um, but so so. But the ultra, just but the beauty about the hundred miles. I'm doing another one in August now. I just set myself a challenge, and this so time you I'm going to. Re- you did. You did do one, did you already? I did it in 2018. It took me like 22 and a half hours. And I think if I look at that now, I feel like you know I'd never done it before. It was going to be a great achievement. I want. I think actually it was. This is a solo thing. Like I, everything I'd done leading up to that, 
I was basically an enabler of other people. Like us two, you know, granted it got very big and it's you know, successful, but, you know, I couldn't pinpoint. I, it wasn't me. It was all of us. Whereas I felt like ultra running, it was exciting. And it was, I felt like, you know, so many, again, it's like wearing shorts. Like people would say, you're mad. Well, I would always say, I mean, it's really not that mad. Like if anyone can actually do it, if they could be bothered, I think mm. you just have to want to do it. You just have to, because that's the, because I'd read a lot about, you know, your mind is going to tell you to stop. Um, you know, it's the same when I started my JFDR podcast, you know, people are, 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 I was worried about what would people think if I did a podcast, then I started and you realize I say no one cares. And then a few people care. And then, uh, and I stopped when I didn't care anymore, but the, but I, I've got to do it again now because I feel like now I want to push it harder. Um, do, you, do you think there's anything in, in, in your, <clears throat> it sounds like when you're talking about extremes and, you know, I, Things are good for a while until you take it to the extreme. You know, you yeah. can you can drown by drinking too much water. Yeah, well, it, funny you say that. I actually read that you can't drown from drinking oh, too much water. Just, oh, well. I only read, I only say that because I've stopped, I've got this thing that tells me to drink water every hour and a half, and then uh, so I started doing some research last night. Well, <laughs> I'm sure you well, can. I, I'll use a different example next time. But you know, <laughs> there, 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 there are you know, if you if you and, and I'm I'm just I suppose I'm 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 looking at the the hundred you know, running for a hundred miles, it, it, it takes a long, not only does it take a long time and a lot of um, discipline yeah. to do it, but it takes a lot of time to train. Yeah. So yeah. So that, and that takes actually, you away from your family. And, you know, so when you do, when you do anything at, at extremes, there is always a cost. There is the right. But I think because I'm now not naive to what you just said, where I was or was before, you know, me and Lee talked the other day about it. I'm not going to go. I believe that I can be much more. Um, what's the word? I, 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 it isn't about me going off and do 10 hours because actually balance is important to me now. So family is important. Lisa's is important. Friends are important. So how can I fit in? A, I'm not trying to be the world's greatest runner. So why do I need to go extreme? And B, just be just choose times that work. So I, you know, I, I'm lucky that I naturally get up very early. So I'll often do my runs very early. So actually I could come back and the kids are still asleep and these yeah, are still okay. asleep. What but kind of right. time do no, you get no, up, Mills? Well, I was, I was a bit annoyed at the moment because I, I've always had this rule that I'll just wake up when I wake up. So at the moment I am actually wake. It's like 6.30, but there was a while a few months back where it was about four o'clock. It would be. Wow. Now what I would find again is almost, what I'd find is like between four and six, it's like I could get on my computer and I could like reply to people, but no one else was up. And it was like, yeah. it's almost like this golden hour, two hours yeah, where yeah. I feel like time has stopped. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. of course that, even that, that, that again is fine for a few days. And then by the end of the week, you're really grumpy in the evening and then you don't see your wife. So I am balanced. I, I have, I think what I used to think about balance was balance was, I was fearful that balance meant boring. Yeah. balance men but actually my therapist would help me understand that i can be extreme but you just it's not a you know you could go absolutely crazy and get really shit faced if that was important to you on the weekend but that's fine but just don't do it every single day that's so right, it doesn't yeah. need it doesn't need to be just two drinks only all the time it, no. so once you got that into my head i felt like oh, okay that's that's cool um and that's probably I was going to jump into investments again. What a total joker. I'm the master of jumping things that have yeah. no, absolutely no correlation. Biggest joke on earth. 
what um we haven't talked about westlife yet i feel like we, oh, can't, wow. we can't leave the conversation without at least giving them a nod oh please i mean again part of the uh you know i've always been very proud of my uh, of my incredible music taste and i you know i think i've said before that now, I was just born with a mind that really, that is very susceptible to love music written for young boys and girls, or maybe probably even girls that they probably wrote for. But I've just always liked, I never listen, really listened to the, to the words, but I just loved, I used, I still do, but I just, obviously we all like sorrow, going in your own sorrows and, and being taken into a darkness. And I just felt like, I think Westlife, their new album is especially good. Well, actually it's especially bad, but a couple of songs are good. But um, yeah, I'm just, again, I just like, I'm not, it's part of the package of when you ask who I am. It's like, if I listen to shit music, fine. You know, I'm not going to go out there and proclaim they're the greatest band of all time. I mean, but for me, they'll be on my hit list of the things on Desert Island is whoever. But just out of curiosity, the, I've asked this question, I think, once before on the podcast. But um, do you, when you listen to music, yeah. do you hear the melody? Do you hear the, the, the noise or do you hear the lyrics? That's funny. I was talking about that on Twitter the other day. Yeah, I don't hear. I've never hear the lyrics. I could. I. I. I just hear the melody. Uh, do you? God, I'm slightly disappointed because I thought you were going to tell me something profound about the lyrics in Westlife. <laughs> well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have used. You know, I will go into them and like pull them out. And and actually, for my sister's wedding, I I sort of I did a Westlife cover of "Flying Without Wings" as like a. I just I just basically took out whatever the hell they wrote and, and pretend it was my own. But. Uh, <laughs> In fact, I did that for my own wedding as well. Actually, I sang "Flying Without Wings," but um, no, I just, I just hear the, I just go where the music takes you. Because I've always, I'm a really feels person. Like I really, I mean, maybe we all are, but I, I listen to music all the time. But and I use it purely to take me into moods. But again, again, through this kind of this this last year, especially with my therapist, I see every week. It's just, it's less about trying to solve a problem. It's more about just understanding about how the brain works and how I work and. And my mm. relationship with people, and I think even relationship with music, I've started to understand that some of those times when I was feeling really, really low, it hadn't been helped by the fact that I was feeling that I needed more sad music to get me out when actually that was the thing that was almost taking me further down, you know. So I kind of understand the utility of mood, out of music to change mood, um, which is why also I understand, you know, I said this yesterday, we had our sort of kickoff for the new year to the board yesterday, and I realised that, you know, last year I was in a really bad place. I didn't, you know, I was contemplating whether I need to be changing my relationship with us too. I didn't, you know, obviously, you know, I'm seeing potentially the business that I spent 16 years disappear. You know, luckily we didn't, it didn't. Um, and I wasn't in a position where I really felt I could do anything and I couldn't really. And so I kicked off yesterday with just, just telling them, like, just a big apology really, because more to sort of say, wow, if I could just be, a positive influence on them rather than the negativity that I was the whole of last year and in the bad place of trying to leave, then that's going to make the world a difference. It's a mm. simple thing. So it's just understanding my relation. I think now I have empathy for other people in a way that I never had before. So I, so I really understand how even just replying to different people's emails, like can, can I, I just think I understand communication in a way that I never did before. And, and that's just probably come through age, actually, if anything, and experience. I've um, I feel like I've learned so much talking to you. I I thought you were going to be less self-aware than you have been. Um, you 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 seem to be very conscious of the 
changes that you've been, like we don't normally ask the question in in this way but i kind of feel like i will in this instance but mm. the whole point of this podcast for us is to just explore how and why people change because we feel like if people can get really good at changing themselves then the world will get better for it and um and you you've definitely you're, you're becoming good at changing yourself you're, you're definitely you're de- what's clear is you're on a journey and you've recognized that journey you're now putting the time and energy in and trying to understand it what have you learned what 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 can you share i mean there's definitely mm. themes that have come out that we'll pull out anyway but but if based on your own experience of what you've had to kind of figure out yourself how do people get good at change oh this this so how to get well i guess i guess you just have to be willing to change i think that's the first thing and i think you know i think these last four years or whatever you know has been relentlessly chasing a fix you know i think i i didn't want to feel i didn't want to feel empty you know i was like i've I've kind of got all the classic well it's not even I've got the classic everything I've got like really love you know I'm very lucky and I've worked hard for that luck as well and yet I don't feel much and I I can't get happy in the same way so it's like okay I can either just stay like that or I can try to explore stuff so you know so the first thing for me was things like the podcast was you know which which was just about me being able to to use I, I was you talked about journaling before i I've, I've tried journaling i just i just find that writing doesn't work for me so rather than think journaling doesn't work full stop i think well what does work well i actually do like talking and i, I could just talk i could just go on a I, you know this podcast was powerful because i just start recording with this phone like this and i had no idea where it's going and i and, and the reason i would listen back to it is because I was fascinated by what I might have said because I wasn't really in the conscious. So mm-hmm. I think tr- I tried that. And as I said, I wasn't afraid to, I just went with it. I, di- I didn't really have any expectations on where that podcast would go. And it changed quite a lot throughout the course. And I, and I, and I was okay to stop it when I stopped it. So I think I didn't set myself any goals. Now, at the same time, you know, I also thought, okay, well, that hasn't worked. So let's try the, the ultra run. Now, the ultra run, which I said to me, was like, okay, if you did book something ahead, then bang and tell people you've done it you've booked it then okay you can either just say you're going to do it and then give up and you look like a fool or you can actually prove them and yourself wrong so i think it can goal setting can be helpful i think talking openly though is the key thing because what i learned on my podcast what i learned in my therapy is that i'm not like we said before i'm not special everyone has problems everyone's in the same place no one everyone cares and no one cares um, that was, I, I feel very liberated by that. And, you know, the therapy, I'm very lucky that, you know, therapy annoyingly can be expensive because I feel like every week I'd go to see Diva, I'd, I'd have a something to be able to use that week to experiment with the kids or Lise or my friends and, or I'd share what I'd learned. A lot of my friends would ask me what happened. And I think just that talking about it was great. I think, um, talking about changing i mean not i think just not being a like i've i always believe just like i believe that we'd one day make something like monument valley i I believe that i had to always have a belief that there was a fix out there i didn't realize that actually the fix would really be about really getting my head around actually being okay with letting go of ego and realizing that it does it really it does matter about being sort of successful in your own head but it really isn't a it's not going no one it if you're driven which i was by other people 
thinking that I I was something, then that's not going to, that isn't going to fix it. I had to believe, I had to believe that I, I was special. And I think what Diva helped me there, so this might not be helping, but what Diva, my therapist, helped me there was sort of saying, do your, like the friends that you see externally of work, you know, if you don't talk about work to them, then they're obviously liking you because of you, you know, and whatever it is that you're related. And I was like, wow, that, fuck, that's actually very true. And I started mapping. I didn't, I didn't actually do it, but for 10 seconds, I mapped out. But no one gives a shit about this stuff. I mean, mm. they all respect it. But I think, yeah, sorry, this is a good question. I wish I could have come up with a better answer. What changed? I'm trying to no, think of something cool. else. There's one, there's one thing I picked up on. I can't remember where I read it, but I was reading like some stuff that was written about you or something. And, yeah. and I, I, I think you were quoted to say, I, I decided to give up on non-doers and I wonder yeah. if that's that that's this same feeling of like it's got to start with somebody wanting it yeah and I think yeah 100% and that, I, that is brilliant because when I look back at the, the the reason I like founders and I would say it's the least like why I like that as a passion is like there is nothing better than than being around people who are trying to do something yeah and and I think, yeah, doing, doing is, action is the only way you can get better. Like people tell me they want to start a business. Well, I'm like, well, okay, what's the first step? It's so simple. So they start something or, you know, if, you, if you're feeling down, what are you going to do? I mean, I even had it this morning with, I mean, it's different with Lisa this morning, but I could tell obviously last night's really affected her with the COVID shit. And I was like, in my head, I'm just like, okay, you're feeling down. There's nothing we can do about it. What are you going to do about it? Get on that Peloton. You know, you feel better if you do that. Now, like Lisa will always say to me, Sometimes you just need to wallow. And actually, that's good empathy advice that I need to listen to. I almost broke my streak of best husband that morning. But I, did <laughs> but, um, I, was back, I didn't. I kept it together. But, but you're right. Just, just, you've just got to try. You've just got to try. And you've got to talk about it with people. Because ultimately, you know, I, my, some of my best friendships of the last, like I say, one of my best friendships of the last year is, like we work with Joe and Nikki Wicks, uh, mm. body coach. And Nikki's become a very close friend of mine, especially. And like when we go walking around Richmond Park, we do these like weekly, try to do these weekly. And now I'm trying to get him to do super early Richmond Park walks. Like Richmond Park, by the way, if you go there and walk there, you, you'll get fixed. And like what we talked about the other day is like, all we ever talk about is life and like meditation or, and I like talking to people who are, who are experimenting with different ways to improve themselves. Mm. And so he got me into meditation and he got me into journaling actually a year ago. Did it? Um, Interesting. Yeah. Because he, because he was sharing his, and it's funny him talking to me about where he's at in terms of his career and his, I, I felt myself, I heard myself, I heard myself in him and I felt like I was a couple of years ahead of, of him in terms of, and I, so I could kind of say, I could see that where you're going is not going to end where you think it is and it was just but it was just like we were swapping sort of tactics and i think mm. that really just helped me because you know a bit of meditation does help you know when i meditate a meditation meditation course for for eight weeks it was brilliant while i was doing it um and that, so i just think talking to people to give you other ideas to try something will eventually work like i bought my i remember i bought because i go a bit extreme i've I bought like a load of my friends' journals. And I realized though, journals only work when you're ready to start That's journaling. Right. Exactly right. Exactly so I right. waste all that fucking money. It was a joke. Um, <laughs> well, I, like, bought, I bought them point... harmonicas. <laughs> no, so you I'm can not. have that for next year. Because if, right. if someone gets you a harmonica, you kind of have to, you're obliged to pick it up and at least stick it in your mouth, aren't you? Is that a little one? Yeah, you know there you what? go. That, that would be nice. Well, learning, that's an intro, but learning something, isn't it? Like it, it, learning something is is powerful as well isn't it but i mean at the end of the day that also fixes you realize if you just get this balance of like if you go run it's so easy isn't it like you go running 
you get the endorphins or whatever the hell you get. You know, I've stopped coffee actually. That's the new thing that I've done because I realised that I wish I and now I've got really into uh, green tea, which I realised has got caffeine in it, but it's not as much as <laughs> it. But I've, but I think just again, just trying things like diet. I've realised massively changed my mood now, and it sounds you know, like last... it sounds like you're an explorer. You know, it yeah. sounds like you know you're you're you know it's. And sometimes, you know, the things that you try, the actions you take are things that stay with you and sometimes they're not. And and I, and I think <clears throat> if you just sit in your bed and don't do anything or you just sit there and think, nothing's going to change. Well, yeah, well, that, that you know, again, the luck of, of being able to have a therapist and maybe you can read this anywhere was that, you know, once you – she sort of taught me about how depression works and how the power of, of a depression, I'm not saying, I'm just saying when you're in that bed and you don't feel like you want to get out of bed and you feel like nothing is, is going to help, that is basically the, the, the issue of the, a big part of the issue of depression because, and we've all been there, you know, you, you think, I know that running would help me, but I'm not going to because it's not going to help me. Well, if you can just crack get through mm, that, yeah. then it actually will help you, even though your mind, so once I, now that I understand how it works, then I, at least it's a choice for me. So when I, I know that if I get drink loads of alcohol, I will feel shit for a few days. And if that's the price I'm willing to pay, that's fine. But I think that exploring thing is really more this understanding. I want to feel as good as I possibly can and as like happy about life as much as possible. Like, because now I'm older, it's harder for me to feel that. I want to be aware. So everything I do, it's not meticulous. Really, I'm trying to get the most out of it. I'm trying to get a high, basically, of some sort. If you know a natural high through, whether that's going obsession about green tea now, because I feel like the green tea is making me feel so spiritual. You know, whether it's meditation, whether it's running, whether it's you know doing my peloton, whether it's doing a hundred miles. You know, whether it's being kind to people. Actually, being kind to people, I found is like I've always known that, but it's just the greatest. But there's also, there's, also, so there's also something in here about, I mean, I, I struggle with this. It's, it's, it's um, you know, we want things. So we want to be happier. We want to sleep better. We want to stress less. We want to, you know, work well from home. We, you know, all these, all these different things. But the path to enlightenment is not wanting things. Yeah, and 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 you know, and that's a, for me a bit of a head fuck. And, and and but I think there's something, there's something in there about. And I, I can't remember exactly what you said, but it's something about. It's almost being brave enough to explore boredom. It's like, and, and so I think that's the, the flip side of the coin to the high, and 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 it's about f finding the balance between those those two things and i think I, I i i don't know what i don't know whether it's because i'm just learning about myself and you, you're learning about yourself and you're, we're all learning about ourselves but or or it's just because we're getting older <laughs> yeah well i i do think getting old i do th i think what you said there is i when i hear about the ball and i think almost like if you can embrace boredom i guess the high doesn't have to be so high in order yeah, that's to right. stay high and i, so and I that, think and that that's powerful and that means the hangovers aren't so dreadful. Yeah, I, I agree. You, you can yeah. control the hangovers and you can control the highs. I yeah. think that's the key, isn't it? So, yeah, so, so the, maybe... the high you get from drinking 
green tea yeah is as good as the one that you would have got the, from, well, from 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 an all-night bender yeah. you yeah. know yeah i mean all-night benders are great but actually they're not in it i mean as we get older i don't i don't i mean i if i think about what i loved about all-night benders really and i was it's really like this sort of the inhibition's gone and people being very open about yeah. feelings towards one another. That's yeah. really when, when I, you know, when I was growing up and doing drugs or whatever, you know, the thing I loved the most was the fact that you're basically telling each other you love them and it yeah. just feels good. Now, when I, you know, when I talked about when I met up with Nicky the other day, we did the, I got him to come do like the 6.30 a.m. Sun is going to rise. So the deers are running. Yeah. And with our green teas that we bought in our <laughs> flasks. I mean, real geeky stuff. Here. Yeah, it yeah. felt it, that I felt as high then. Yeah. Yeah. Know, that's right. For, and it's like, wow, you can get highs in different ways now, can't you? And it's like, yeah. but the thing is, I guess if I did that every day, it would lose its hit, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it, then you, and it always comes back to balance. I, we normally, are, that's the truth. Isn't it? Yeah, balance is it. We normally, we normally close up by asking like, um, what's next? You know, what are you focusing on now and all the rest of it? I, yeah. I, I almost want to, well, I'm just going to give you the option to not answer that, given that we... <laughs> I'll answer it anyway, but yeah. <laughs> do you want me to answer it, or do you not? Want yeah, to I do. Well, no, I, uh, well it's, I do, I do, but I just I, I, what I don't want to do is encourage you to start like, feeling like you've got got to talk about the next thing because that's it. Everything we've yeah. just talked about is it's not about the next thing. It's about well, you, well, interesting. It's actually quite a good. It's actually a very profound or certainly relevant question for me right now because I think one of my issues in the past was always thinking about the next thing so mm. much so that i ignore the now and of course i know that's quite cliche thing to say but what i need to i think last year you know i invested in loads of founders and i've, I've got so many i'm looking at them on the board there and I'm, I'm trying to be involved in lots of different things and i love their variation i think it's, am i adding any value there i'm stressing myself far too much what matters right now i've and I never thought I'd really hear my ears like, okay, we've got this lockdown thing down. It's already, I can see, I mean, in, within 24 hours, my wife has got the anxieties back and, you know, our relationship, I'm now being tested again in terms of, because I'm not very good at, at, at this. So I'm like, oh fuck, this has got to be where I put my time now. Now mm. I'm in a very lucky situation whereby my two free businesses are, are, you know, are operated and run by professional people who, that that they love doing that so actually i've got no excuse really to even do that and i think last year i even though i didn't have i basically spent all my time in this room on my own trying to rather than helping so i think what's next really is to understand is to actually prove to myself that this feeling i have and this understanding about about actually having a balance with my family has to be long term so that's my first focus but then the other and the other thing is also not to is is really just to to not it's to not just fret about stuff not to waste so much of my time pissed off about things i haven't done or i'm not going to do or i don't and mm. and just be positive because i generally feel and that's why the journaling is good isn't it like the gratitude journaling is like well, everything i spit out of my mouth has to be positive otherwise i'm going to be sort of i'll be fully negative so i think I know that Barney the horse, which I called that, which I called the investment company, which is not even an investment company. Um, you know, I, I do. I want to. I think I want to concentrate on on the on the on the companies and founders more, and to try to really bring some value to them. And I think I would like to 
you know, I'm going to do this big run. Well, fuck, I was hoping something really powerful come out of there. But I think I'm just going to, I'm just going to live, I'm just going to try and live each day as it comes. I'm going to try to get back into my meditation practice because I know that helps. Again, not going extreme, I'm trying to do six hours a day. I'm going to do like, I'm just going to try to have fun with, uh, it's amazing. And maybe, maybe this is really just because it's so new to me, but just seeing the change in behavior of, Actually, the, the, most, the crazy thing for me is like Lisa's base is being my best friend and my, my lover or not for 25 years or whatever. And my the way that I, because of she was having to deal with a different person almost every day because of like the changes in me and my sort of passion for this and then suddenly it's that. It was so hard for her and I saw the damage that I must have done for her in terms of that anxiety. And I've seen such a change in her in the last seven days because I think she feels she can be who I met 12, you know, 20 years mm. ago. And the same with my relationship with Louie and Gracie. I think I'm rebuilt. I'm just seeing the whole family dynamic being different. And I think now I'm aware of that and it's about awareness. If I go back to change, to ruining that, then I really am an arsehole. So I think my focus has to be on consistency, not going too much again, but just being right. So I think that's, yeah, I'm just going to, I think that by doing that, by loving myself and the family, that's actually going to, that's actually going to enable me to really to love us two again in a way that I haven't been able to and, you know, bring value to them. So hopefully that's what I'm going to do. Can I awesome. suggest, well, can I suggest something? Can I suggest that I don't know what date it is. What is it? Fifth of fifth of January. I was going to say yeah. the same thing, Ray. Can we, can we fifth, back, come back next year? This time next mate, year. I would love to. Mate, I have both of you. I, I'm actually, I'm honored that you actually wanted to speak to me. It was like, and it's been, this is the first time I've been able to talk about, well, like a lot of this stuff. Well, and it's and it's, just, uh, it's, it's just nice to talk to people who understand it. It's good. Oh, it's it's uh, you know, and I don't. I think, I think, I think to some degree or another, we all feel the same way. Mm-hmm. It's you know, we're all human. So why would we not have, you know, a similar <laughs> experiences? They may it may be not so extreme. They may be more extreme. I don't know. But I think mm-hmm. we're just humans, aren't we? So. No, you're totally right. Yeah, I mean, of course, I, I'd, I remember thinking so much of us was about building legacy. We want to build stuff for our company for legacy. It's like, what? So when we're dead, it's like, who? Like, it's no one cares. Like, no one cares when I'm dead. Like, why? I need to live now. Like, yeah. it's, it's mad. Yeah, yeah. Like, and actually, yeah. just that, you just need to realize at the end of the day, you. De- I think COVID has been both devastating, brilliant because, I mean, has proved to all of us, isn't it, that you don't, you. I mean the ones that feel all right, that you don't need that much to actually be okay. Yeah, yeah. It looks like Neil's disappeared. He's had enough. <laughs> He's like, I don't blame him. He's gone. He's like, no, He's out. Well, I've killed him. Mate, this finally, it's not the real one now. Yeah, exactly. Right now he's gone. Yeah, fantastic. Oh. Great. Okay, well, let's leave it there. Um, Neil, right. thank you so much, both of you. I really we'll, appreciate um, it. Cool. All right. When, by the way, when's it come out? When do, when do you, Who knows? you put these... It takes, sometimes it takes me a, a, a weeks to put an introduction together and uh, sometimes it takes me a few days. So uh, I don't know. When, well, I, when I get around to an introduction and get it over to my man, Finn, he'll he'll play around with it and then uh, we'll, well, get, we'll, we'll let you know anyway. No rush. No rush. Easy. We've all got problems and yeah. we've all got stuff to deal with. But Ray, thanks so much, mate. I really I, appreciate I, it. I, honestly, you, what you've been saying has resonated with me, just me personally in my life, and every, you know, so much so much oh. so well um, that and there and there that's where that's for me is why these podcasts and you know are important aren't they because i think 
you find they, they that's what i realized about my podcast or any point like you listen to things that resonate with you so it's not someone will resonate with this what we've been talking about yeah and hopefully absolutely. that helps them well, and that and that's bit, you know in this particular instance it's me no oh, well, well there, there we go our job is done together yeah exactly so somebody's benefited already no, oh, well, well, you know, and that's the that's the thing, isn't it? Like, it doesn't need to be massive numbers. It it actually needs to be meaningful impact. At, at it doesn't need to be a scale. You can't really meaningful impact at scale anyway. Yeah, and it's probably summed up by saying, you know, you're not alone, or I'm not alone, or we're not alone. So, all right. Oh, we'll cheers, speak, mate. I'm sure we'll speak before then, but um, if not, yeah, see Mills, you it on- was it was it was great. I I so enjoyed the conversation. I feel like there's there's so much more to talk about and learn but maybe this is the start of something well as i mean one thing i'm still i do love is like my email banter and all that like i'm always here and i i think we should i think we should all be sharing stuff so i'm really you know thank you for giving me a form to talk about stuff and, and i really appreciate it. it it really does like thank you yeah cool okay well once right. we once, once we've got it already we'll we'll ping it over to you so you can tell people if you yeah, want, no, I will do. No, we'll of course, I will. hundred percent, I will. I just won't tell Lee. So, uh, who, no, 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 no don't to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, unless you want to say you're more than welcome to listen to my therapy session, then you might learn a bit <laughs> about what's going on in my head. Yeah, she won't listen. She will. Should be fine. All right, okay. Thanks right, so much. Guys. Really enjoyed it. Talk to yeah, you later. Thank you very bye, much. Bye. That's it, folks. For show notes, head over to the website at www.lifedonedifferent.ly, where you'll find links a quick summary and you can also explore other conversations if you're enjoying this podcast then please tell your friends give us a good rating and remember to subscribe we're also really keen to hear your feedback so please do let us know what you think and give us your ideas over on twitter you can tweet us at life done diff that's double f